Any college baseball fans out there, if you're traveling to see your team and need a place to stay, two words for you, graduate hotels. We stayed at the Nashville location for the SEC tournament. It was awesome. Beautiful rooms, cool vibe, and perfect location. They have over 30 hotels in the best college towns, and get this, they'll give you up to 30% off your stay with code CRSHOW. That's C-R-S-H-O-W. Good at any graduate hotel, any location, up to 30% off. Book today at graduatehotels.com. Hey, it's Cavino and Rich. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of the best tires, like the highly consumer-rated General Grabber ATX. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, and suspension, just to name a few. Everything you need to elevate your drive. Go to TireRack.com slash sports. That's TireRack.com slash sports. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season... We're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge Podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is Finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. This is Straight Out of Vegas with the voice of Vegas, your host, R.J. Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. I From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell. That's right, straight out of Vegas here, Fox Sports Radio on a Friday, a very busy Friday. And wherever you are taking part in the program, we appreciate you doing so. You can always check out the show on the iHeartRadio app. R.J. Bell is out. I am Jonas Knox, and in with me is Steve Fezzik. He is the master of the NFL. He is the master of the NBA. He also is a part-time medical analyst uh and we will break down steve's medical analysis from yesterday's show and how it pertained to the first game we're going to start with and then we've got brad powers college football college basketball expert and of course here on straight out of vegas we start with march madness we start with the outrage we start with last night in which purdue beat tennessee in overtime we could talk all we want about the game but we've got to talk about the controversy brad towards the end of that game some questionable calls made and Purdue is on to the next round Tennessee do they have a gripe with what happened last night in the tournament well let's first set the scene Uh, obviously some of the controversy is going to involve the point spread coming into that game last night Tennessee was a one and a half point favorite in that game so when there's a couple seconds left Tennessee's up two the public was all over Tennessee last night We talk about it this time of year. There is more money being bet on these college basketball games, about 15 times more than an average big time regular season game. So a lot of money switched hands with the controversy. But let's talk about some of the major swings in the game for all the controversy about, you know, Tennessee got shorted at the end. Well, what the heck was going on in the first 25 minutes of the game, Jonas, when Purdue's leading by 18 points early in the second half? Uh, I mean, Tennessee failed to show up again for a complete half like they did in the second half of the first two rounds of it. And Fez, 
you think some of the controversy at the end, whether it should have been a called or no called, can kind of carry over to the NFL this year. Absolutely. So we saw a situation where most people felt that there was some incidental contact, but Purdue, when they when Carson Edwards shot his three at the end of the game, down two, that that should not have been a foul call. However, had that play been reviewable, I find it hard to believe, if you looked at the video, that the refs wouldn't have concluded, hey, it's probably not a foul, but there was a little contact, so we'll let the call on the field stand. And I think, you know, a little foreshadowing for the fall, I think we're going to see this in the NFL where we're going to be talking about calls that weren't reversed, that could have been, but just weren't quite fully um, beyond the, the shadow of a doubt um, reversible. And, and Jonas, uh, from the Joe side, what was your thoughts on those calls well, last night? I mean, look – that's not what cost Tennessee the game. It's similar to the Saints and the Rams. I get it. They blew a call in the NFC title game. New Orleans got screwed. I I totally get it. You want to have Mardi Gras have everybody dress up as referees with a blindfold on, whatever. It's New Orleans. A lot of weird stuff happens. That's fine. But there were still opportunities to win the game. You can't just point at those, those plays and say, oh, that's exactly why we lost. That being said, Tennessee did get screwed. I don't think it was a foul. Uh, I definitely think that the the play before under the basket that the ball last touched Carson Edwards. I'm not even talking about his leg and whether or not there was a camera angle. If your hand is on the bottom of a basketball and somebody swipes the top of it, by rule, the last thing for that ball to touch as it rolls off and onto the ground is the last hand on the bottom, and that was Carson Edwards. To me, mm. that ball was off Carson Edwards in that play. So it's two plays in a row in which I think Purdue was given a break. It extended the game, and I think once they got into overtime, Tennessee was finished. I think psychologically they were done. Uh, I have no idea. Brad, look, you've seen a lot of Rick Barnes out-of-bounds plays in covering college basketball. (laughs) I'm not sure what the hell that one was. Could you please explain what the hell Rick Barnes was doing there for Tennessee? Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. The major advantage Purdue got by getting the ball, I mean, besides getting the ball back, was the fact Purdue didn't have any timeouts left. So they went to the review table to look at and see who that ball was last touched off of. It allowed Purdue to dial up an inbounds play. And I would say 90% of the time in those situations, when you got extra time to dial up a play, that's going to favor the offense. And if you're Tennessee, one guy can't get the ball. It's Carson Edwards. No matter what you do, he cannot get the ball out of the inbounds, and yet he's right there in the corner. Purdue very fortunate to get the win, but good news for Purdue fans. Carson Edwards, who I came on yesterday (laughs) saying, you know, with my doctor uh, designation (laughs) on that he had had a recurring back injury, and I was not about to say he had suddenly flipped the switch when he put 40 up on Villanova in one game after shooting poorly the four games before. Well, the eye test certainly says that Carson Edwards Edwards, although he didn't have a great shooting night, he looked fully 100% to me. Well, look, uh, Steve, uh, you weren't the only one who had maybe a little bit of a bad night, okay? Because not only did you maybe have a bad night when it came to you, your medical analysis uh, on uh, on Carson there, but also Tennessee fans had a bad night because, you know, their team lost in a heartbreaking fashion and they feel like they got screwed. But also, Brad Powers, there was a perfect bracket that was floated out there. <laughs> Thoughts and prayers go out to the perfect bracket. It only took one game in the Sweet 16, and that bracket is busted. Yeah, so yesterday on the show, we gave you the odds. To be perfect heading into the Sweet 16, incredible. First time we've ever seen it to go 48 for 48 in the first couple rounds of the NCAA tournament, 151 million to one were the odds to be perfect heading into the Sweet 16. To get it, to get it right for the rest of the tournament, 15 games left. To go 15 for 15 was only going to be a little over 2,200 to one. So a lot, a heck of a lot more likely to finish 15 and 0 than, than the first 48. But all it took was the one game. No more perfect bracket. We're still sitting here. All those brackets, the millions and millions that have been filled out the last 10 or 15 years, we're still waiting for one. And, and we did it prior to the tournament. The chances of you get, filling out a perfect bracket are in, what, the quadrillion to one? And a cautionary tale here that it's easy for someone to say someone just bucked 151 million to one odds. Clearly, they are 
elite, um, have an elite ability to forecast college basketball games. Well, I'll come over the top and say that's in many ways, it's like saying whoever wins the um, the lottery can forecast numbers. Right. Someone's got to get it right, <laughs> right eventually. It doesn't mean that the past performance is going to translate at all to future um, performance. And now, let me ask you, has there ever been a perfect bracket ever in the no. history? No, never been a perfect we bracket. Seen it, no. So are you guys kind of like um, the Miami Dolphins, the 72 Dolphins, <laughs> when a perfect season goes up in, in flames, you guys get together and you pop champagne and you celebrate. Are you like Mercury Morris, Steve, where you see a guy who has a perfect bracket going and it all goes up in flames? Uh, last night, were you celebrating? Did you pour uh, alcohol all over yourself? Did you bathe in his <laughs> misery? What did you do, Fezzik? I did not do anything, Jonas, but I will say as a two-time Super Contest winner of the uh, <laughs> there it is. the World Series of Sports Betting that whenever I get who won and I realize they had not won the year before I do pop open the champagne. <laughs> there it is. Well done by, by Steve Fezzik. An honest moment from Steve Fezzik here on Straight Out of Vegas. All right, guys. So the team that will be matched up against Purdue in the next round in the South Regional Final on Saturday is Virginia. The one seed in the South Region, a 53-49 win over the 12-seeded Oregon Ducks on Thursday night. Brad, what was the Vegas takeaway on Virginia's performance? Well, I'm going to pat myself on the back on this one, but know know fully well that I had a couple games that I got completely wrong coming up after this game. I think the market clearly undervalued Oregon down the stretch of the season. Here's an Oregon team that finished the season with now with 11 straight covers. And since we're not going to talk about them the rest of the season, I just wanted to point that out. 11 straight covers for the Ducks. Moving forward, I'm worried about this Virginia team. Specifically, looks like Virginia's playing tight. And where is it showing up? I think in three-point shooting. All season long, Virginia was a top five team as far as three-point shooting goes. They hit right around 42% as a team from three-point range. You look at their last four games, Virginia, they are only hitting 27%. Sounds awful. I'm telling you it's worse than awful. If you uh, took that for the full season, 27%. Virginia as a team be dead last in the country in three-point shooting. And it's not like they've been playing, you know, the great defenses in college basketball. Gardner-Webb's not one. Oklahoma's not one. This team looks tight, Fez. And let's talk about the draw that Virginia had. We were amazed at how good it was for a one seed that they clearly had the easiest draw into the Final Four. Uh, Gardner-Webb, they should have been super, super motivated to go ahead and bury this team off the loss last year. And they were down in the first half. And then Oklahoma team that many of the wide guys didn't even think she belonged in the tournament and they get a dream draw in round two and they were fortunate to cover in that round and now I understand Oregon massively undervalued there's still a 12 seed and you blink and there's two minutes to go and the game's tied red flag the Jonas. Texas Tech Red Raiders are on to the Elite Eight after a 63-44 win over the two-seed Michigan Wolverines. This in the West region. Brad, what was your takeaway from this shootout that we saw last night on Thursday? <laughs> so this is one where I got totally wrong. I thought if there was going to be a team that really struggled shooting, it would be Texas Tech because I didn't see much versatility from Texas Tech outside of their star player, Jared Culver, who had another great performance last night. He did his part like he usually does, 22 points. What I uh, got completely wrong was Michigan, I thought was balanced offensively. They were balanced offensively last night, balanced being absolute garbage, nearly everyone. In fact, Fez, uh, one out of 19 Michigan was from three-point range, and the one make was the final basket of the entire game. Michigan didn't hit a single three-point shot until there was like 20 seconds left in the game. And even the final three hits off the very back of the rim, a shot I must have launched 20 times, (laughs) and it has never gone in during my entire life, and it, it did go. And I do want to add... Chris Beard, what a great coach. This Texas Tech, so often the underdog gets that 15-point lead and they take the air out of the ball. Optimal offense where they slowed it down. They weren't overly deliberate when they had the opportunities. The open threes or to go to the rack, Culver would do it. Wow, this team, really impressive. Now, uh, we are not afraid of SOV on SOV crime here on Fox Sports Radio. (laughs) And so, Brad, I believe you and Fez had a bet on that game, did you not? We did. I I took the Michigan Wolverines. Fez? Staying true to our bracket, our dream bracket, you took Texas Tech, a team that we thought was Final Four caliber, and we do have them in the Final Four. Man, I did the typical thing. I saw Michigan beat Florida convincingly, you know, and I'm wishy-washy just like I was with the Lakers, and uh, good for you, Fez. You stood ground, and uh, Fez, uh, 
You know, here's a hundred dollars. There in it is. In northern New York, in northern New York right now, a lot of Buffalo fans are thanking the committee for making them collide with this tech team in round two. Buffalo, very good, but a bad draw. And now I have a feeling the reason Brad was so willing to part with that $100 bill here live on Fox Sports Radio <laughs> is because he knew what game we were going to get to next. Because Brad Powers called his shot. He called his shot. Many of you mocked him. Many of you pointed fingers. And he simply pointed two right back at you. Double barrel middle fingers because he has called his shot. Number one Gonzaga in the West region. A 72-58 win over Florida State. They are on to the Elite Eight, are the Zags. Brad Powers, take your bow. You told everybody about Gonzaga. Go right ahead. But I didn't t- I'm not going to take my bow on this specific game, Jonas, because I was on the other side. I thought, even though I have Gonzaga, the best team in the country, not Duke, Gonzaga is number one in my power ratings. I thought Florida State was a bad matchup for Gonzaga. And I was impressed with what I saw Gonzaga. The couple weaknesses I thought that Gonzaga would have in this game was that they'd struggle with the length and the athleticism of Florida State, specifically on the boards where I thought Florida State would work them over. That wasn't the case. In fact, Gonzaga out-rebounded Florida State by nearly doubles. Even though Gonzaga didn't play their best, they still got a cover, and I'm continuing to upgrade Gonzaga after this. They're clearly the best team in the country, Fez. It was a really good spot for the Zags. I was on the Zags. They had the revenge from the tournament loss last year. I counted on Mark Few to make the right adjustments, and the venue in Anaheim certainly benefited them. Also favorable three-point shooting. Gonzaga 7 for 19. Florida State took about 19 threes also, only made three of them. That ultimately was the difference in the final margin. So coming up later on in the show, we are going to have a look ahead, an early preview of those Elite Eight matchups from Thursday night's results. He is Steve Fezzik, Brad Powers, Jonas Knox here on Fox Sports Radio. This is Straight Out of Vegas. Up next, though, we could be on the verge of one of the worst mismatches in the entire tournament, and you could get rich off of it. Find out who we're talking about next here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stan the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Straight out of Vegas, Fox Sports Radio. You can always listen to the show on the iHeartRadio app as well. We are going to take a look ahead at the Sweet 16 matchups, which will be tipping off less than an hour from now. But for the latest on the weather live from the Las Vegas Strip, it is the one and only Bradley Powers. Yeah, Jonas, each and every day. We love bringing the fun of Vegas to each and every one of you out there. Right now, temperature on the Strip, 73 degrees, and the neon is flowing. Back to you, Jonas. There he is, Bradley Powers, our meteorologist, in for R.J. Bell today, uh, all the way up until 7 p.m. Eastern time. So if you have any weather uh, it, questions or tips, uh, Brad can give you that forecast. It's at Brad Power 7 correct? That is correct. There it is. I'm sure he'll be uh, eager to respond to that. Uh, all right. So, guys, the Sweet 16 continues. We know... The two or four teams, rather, who will advance and take on each other in the Elite Eight. That was decided on Thursday. We've got another half of the Sweet 16 to be decided later on tonight and tipping off less than an hour from now in the East region. It's number two, Michigan State, and number three, LSU. This is a 709 Eastern time tip off right now on pregame.com. Michigan State is a six point favorite. And I lean towards Michigan State here, and you teased it, Jonas, and I'm not sure if this is the one you're talking specifically about as far as mismatches. Oh, yeah. But I think I think there's a big-time coaching mismatch in this one with a future Hall of Famer and Tom Izzo and, what, his seven Final Fours, his national championship, his countless Big Ten titles. Tom Izzo on one side and Tony Benford, interim coach for LSU, on the other, architect of – three near-blown double-digit first-half leads in the last three (laughs) games. How about them second-half adjustments, Fez? And you're looking, while I'm leaning um, on Michigan State full game, you're looking to take advantage of that coaching mismatch after halftime. Who do you like? Yeah, well, I think if you're going to bet on LSU, I think you should look to betting them in the first half, plus three, plus three and a half. Uh, You mentioned it. LSU was fine against Yale, opened up a 16-point lead against Maryland. They had almost a 10-point lead at the end of the first half. And then Bedford Bedford was unable to make the adjustments at halftime, and he completely got outcoached. And LSU, frankly, in the end games, looks lost and scared. So LSU, if you like them, I would consider betting them in the first half. But if you like Michigan State, Sparty, I would look to play them for the entire game. And I also think there's a matchup edge here for Michigan State. Michigan State loves to pack it in. They play great two-point defense. They let you have some threes, while LSU is a poor three-point shooting team. I will say this, Jonas. What has me only a lean on Michigan State and not a like, you look at LSU's season this year. They've only lost one game by more than six points. Here's a team that seems like whether they're favored or they're an underdog, all of their games come down to the wire. In fact, 15 of LSU's games has been decided by five points or less. LSU's 12 and three in those games. I think that makes them overrated, but it also shows you that this is tough to blow this LSU team out. That's why it's a lean for Michigan State. Is there anything LSU can do? Anything that you've seen in watching LSU all season long to where you go, okay, that's one thing that could maybe cancel out a coaching advantage that Michigan State has? Well, I think generally speaking, I mean, you're going to look uh, you, when you turn on the game tonight athletes. and you're going to see LSU's athletes yes. and the five-star recruits, look, Michigan State's very well coached. They got some very fine college players, but they don't have a future first rounder on that roster right now for Michigan State. So you're going to turn on the tape. How in the heck is LSU getting six points when it looks like, like men against boys, at least physically speaking, Fez? Yeah, and you saw that when LSU was playing Kentucky earlier in the year. Amazingly, LSU was catching nine in that game, and there was no difference in terms of the athleticism Kentucky-LSU. So LSU's got a higher ceiling. Just from a, a skill set, LSU's got a much higher ceiling. So does that create some cause for concern that, okay, yeah, they don't have a coaching edge. Clearly there's a disadvantage there, but these guys are so skilled that if they get going, it's going to be tough for even Tom Izzo to dig Michigan State out of that hole. 
There is that concern. Boy, from Jonas's questions, do I get a sense that I just, look, one, I'm is asking, this a, lo- a Knox lock on all, LSU? All I'm saying, look, Knox locks, uh, those are dead and buried as far as the tournament goes. All right, <laughs> Knox locks was one in seven in live bets the first weekend. Done. Buried it. Uh, not even, <laughs> don't even open up the casket. But I just, I wonder how much you guys look at coaching and is this something that you take into like when's the last time you saw a coaching mismatch like this in another sport brad where you said okay clearly they've got an advantage well you see it all the time you just don't see it this late into a tournament when you got the elite of the elite left as far as you know college basketball whether it be college football you don't see this type of mismatch you might see it in the regular season not not the sweet 16 round maybe every time unlv played this year with menzies oh jeez come on fez i mean you have to bully the guy i mean you're in town man you don't want to deal with that guy do you i mean <laughs> you know you, you you're at the you're at uh, buffalo bills at state line thinking it's a safe place and the guy walks up behind you you don't want to deal with that kind of problem I I, I kicked the poor ex-coach on his way out. There That's go. terrible. So there he is, uh, Steve <laughs> Fezzik, uh, the sniper. Uh, he will take anybody out in Vegas that he feels like it. Uh, all right, guys, so uh, moving on in the East region, they are the most talked-about team of the tournament. We have talked about them a lot. Every show has talked about this team a lot when it comes to the NCAA tournament. They are the Duke Blue Devils. Michigan State and LSU will face the winner of Duke and Virginia Tech. That is the other game in the East Regional. That one will cap off the night there in D.C. And Duke right now on pregame.com. It opened up at 10 points for Duke. It's now Duke minus 7. Brad, what do you make of it? I'm going to lean with Duke minus the 7. And keep in mind, you know, you just said a couple days ago or last week, Jonas, that I had one of the biggest hot takes that you've ever heard in your life. I I thought Gonzaga, not Duke, was the best team in the country, and I put my money where my mouth is and said, no, Duke will not win the national title. There's better teams out there. I don't like this Duke team. I bet $5,200. No, Duke won't win it. But after that struggle in the second round against UCF, I think finally for the first time in a long time, we're getting a lot of anti-Duke sentiment in the marketplace. And I think the line values with Duke, and bear with me here, just a couple numbers I'm going to throw at you. Just a month ago, Duke's playing at Virginia Tech. So they're at Virginia Tech, Duke is. And Duke's a three-point favorite in that one. Typically speaking, as far as how much is home court worth in college basketball, it's worth about four. So if I can do my second grade math, three plus four, oh, okay, Duke should have been on a neutral a month ago against Virginia Tech, about a seven-point favorite. And right now, a month later, hey, Duke's a seven-point favorite. Sounds about right, right? No, wrong. Duke in that game was playing without Zion Williamson. He's worth at least five, six, maybe even seven points to the line. To me, there's been a little bit too much sentiment against Duke here. That's where I think the line value is. I lean with Duke. Fez, you disagree. I do. Well, I agree that the line value is with Duke, but the matchup edge is with Virginia Tech. And Brad, I got to give you accolades here. You're the one that put me onto this. Duke is would be a historically horrible three-point shooting team. In fact, no team that shoots threes as bad as Duke has ever made a Final Four. And now they're laying seven against a team. What does Virginia Tech do on Duke defense? Well, they run behind screens. They go ahead and pack it in, and they let you shoot from three. Their opponents had to shoot over half of their shots from the field from three-point land. Duke's going to need to make those. I know they made them last, last game. I don't think they make them tonight. I look at Vitek plus seven. A team like Duke, a team like the Yankees, a team like the Lakers, a team like the Cowboys that has so many eyeballs on it, and there's a love-hate thing. They're controversial. You either love them or you don't like them. If, if, if the people that love them, the people that hate them, uh, just as much as those people that love them. Like, it's just one of those teams is sort of a lightning rod for all sorts of emotion that there is in sports. When you guys are dealing with a team like that, how often do you have to attack a line early on just knowing there's going to be a lot of amateur they're going to be putting money on this, not really knowing what they're talking about. They just either really love Duke or they really hate him. Yeah, and I think generally speaking, if you're looking to bet on Duke, probably best to, to get an early number. At least, you know, generally speaking here, I, I, every game is going to take a, on its own thing. But is with the public wanting to bet on Duke, Duke throughout the course is going to get expensive. Don't believe me. Here's a little pull behind the curtain moment here. So what happens typically? College basketball is a very niche betting market. Most people don't bet college basketball regular season. At least they don't bet it in November, December, January, because football is going along. So what happens right after the Super Bowl? People start, hey, no more football. Time to start betting basketball. (laughs) And I find it intriguing that since the Super Bowl ended, 
Duke has covered just three games out of their last 13. Duke's gotten awfully expensive in the marketplace. I actually disagree that they because I don't think they're expensive anymore because everyone watched Taco and UCF take this team down to the wire. And although I agree that they were very expensive, now all of a sudden I think the betting public has abandoned Duke, at least in this game. And we've seen the line come down a couple of points on this game. And that's one of the first times we've seen that in a Duke game, Jonas, in several weeks, if not months. Uh, straight out of Vegas here on Fox Sports Radio. Steve Fezzik, Brad Powers. I am Jonas Knox in for RJ Bell. Coming up next, there is a coach in college basketball who may have just tipped his hand that he's a degenerate gambler. If you don't believe us, we've got actual audio, actual sound and proof of that. And we'll get to that next here on Fox Sports Radio. But for all the latest from around the world of sports... Steve DeSager. Yes, there it is. <laughs> Good afternoon to you. And we're getting ready for March Madness, concluding the Sweet 16 tonight in the NCAA tournament. couple games in Washington, D.C. Number one overall seed, Duke against Virginia Tech at about 9.45 p.m. Eastern. Before that, LSU against Michigan State. The two games in Kansas City have the number one seed in the Midwest region, North Carolina against Auburn, coming up in an hour. After that, 10 p.m. Eastern, it's Kentucky versus Houston. Kentucky star forward P.J. Washington missed the last couple games with a sprained foot. He has been out of the walking boot this week. The regional finals of this weekend, the final four in Minneapolis next weekend. Cal hired Mark Fox as head coach. He's the former basketball coach at Nevada and Georgia. Viking Jones was fired by Cal on Sunday. Fox had been an assistant years ago at Kansas State and Washington. Syracuse junior guard Tyus Battle is leaving for the NBA. He just averaged 17 points a game. In the NBA, six games tonight, including at the top of the hour, Indiana at Boston. The Pacers are one game ahead of Boston for the number four seed in the East. In the West, Portland has won five straight. The Blazers play in an hour at Atlanta. Portland is tied for third in the West with Idle Houston. Top in the Western Conference, the Golden State Warriors. Their game ahead of the Nuggets. Golden State plays at 8 p.m. Eastern at Minnesota, while Denver's at Oklahoma City. Paul George listed as questionable for OKC with a sore shoulder. Oklahoma City only a half game up on San Antonio for seventh in the West. The two other games, Washington at Utah later tonight, and the Wizards said we'll see if Bradley Beal plays. The team is now eliminated from the playoff chase officially. The late game, Charlotte at the Lakers, L.A. 33-42 and 42 this year. Meanwhile, the Hornets have won four in a row. They're up to 35-39. and 39. That's only a game and a half behind Miami for the eighth and final playoff spot in the East. No day games in Major League Baseball and just eight tonight. That includes, in a half an hour, Houston at Tampa Bay. Garrett Cole against Charlie Morton. Houston shortstop Carlos Correa out again with a sore neck. Brewers reliever Corey Knable will have Tommy John surgery. The Indians gave outfielder Cameron Mabin a minor league deal. Tomorrow, there's a doubleheader of ball games on FS1 starting at 4 p.m. Eastern, and Tiger Woods won his third round of match play to advance to tomorrow's round of 16 against 3-0 Rory McIlroy in Austin, Texas. Back to you. Thanks, Steve. Straight out of Vegas here on Fox Sports Radio. We've got a coach in college basketball that may have just, well, he may have just revealed that he's a degenerate gambler, right? So we'll get to that here coming up in just a couple of moments here on Fox Sports Radio. But guys, we do move on to the Midwest region of the NCAA tournament bracket, and we're going to start with the nightcapper. This sees Kentucky and Houston, the Wildcats, the two seed against the Houston Cougars, the three seed. And right now on pregame.com, Kentucky a two-point favorite. And let's first talk about that two-point line, Jonas. That two-point line, to me, tells me that P.J. Washington, if you don't know who he is, he's Kentucky's leading scorer and leading rebounder. With Kentucky only favored by two over Houston, that tells me that P.J. Washington more likely doubtful than questionable. If P.J. Washington were to play, I think this line is at least four, maybe even higher. I think P.J. Washington at minimum is worth two points. With that being said, at two at the current number, even without P.J. Washington, I'm going to lean with Kentucky, and I think I'm going to get some disagreement from Fez here. Uh, and reason being is one thing that I like to take advantage of in January is non-conference strength of schedules because you get vast disparities. These teams are now jumping into conference play and you get huge schedule disparities. Some teams have played really tough schedules, maybe have a mediocre record. Other teams are sitting fat and happy at 13-1 because they played an easy slate. You don't get too many disparities this time of year in college basketball until you get to the tournament and you got one here. Kentucky on the season has played 13 teams in the top 25. Houston's played one. 
to me, at least early on, I think Houston's going to be relatively shocked by the size, athleticism, and the depth of Kentucky. For that, I just lean with Kentucky, but I am worried without P.J. Washington. You love P.J. Washington, Fez. Yeah, I think P.J. Washington is actually worth four points to Kentucky. When I look at the underlying metrics, you mentioned what a great scorer and rebounder. He blocks shots, but the fact he shoots more than 40% from threes, and he's the number three leader in the team and making three-point shots, it's so paramount to winning in the tournament to be able to make those threes just ask Michigan just ask Florida State and you know one comment about Houston I know they're not playing top 25 teams they played plenty of teams though in the top 50 and now they have LSU's been a win that they have Oregon they beat also so yeah I was you know pitching a little bit there top 25 but not many though still it would count I would say you know, between 25 and 50, Kentucky still probably played more. I think the disparity even gotten bigger, even though, you know, Houston's probably played four or five additional games, top 50 teams. I Kentucky's easily played that because half the conference in the SEC's in the top 50. So that schedule disparity is why I'm leaning with them. I'm anxious. Jonas from the Joe side, Kentucky minus two. What's your first thoughts when you see a line that short? Uh, that. An injury is the reason why the line is as short as it is. Uh, because Maybe Jonas isn't su- such a Joe after all. Yeah, because I, I looked at it and, and just in seeing all these lines, it's the closest one of all tonight's games. And you can sort of justify the other ones and you can look at all oh, the different comparables and why this and this. But two points. What are we talking about? Pretty much, you know, on a neutral floor, this is kind of like whoever it's similar to Purdue, Tennessee. It could go either way. That's what people are viewing this. And the idea that Washington, who just got out of a cast, is all of a sudden going to be ready for this game is crazy to me. You don't go from wearing a cast to next thing you know, you're healed up and ready to go. This isn't cowboy Bob Orton in the 80s who's walking around with a cast (laughs) on his arm as far as some wrestling gimmick. I mean, the guy was in a cast for a reason. And in fact, Brad, just looking ahead, if he's not ready for this game, the idea if they win that he be ready two days from now I think that's pretty far-fetched as well too completely agree with that and and I love this Kentucky team prior to the tournament in fact I took Kentucky the national championship game but that was before this PJ Washington news if specifically Kentucky's playing North Carolina I do not like Kentucky's chances to get to the final four in fact you know power ratings wise North Carolina will be probably at least a four-point favorite or so uh, in that game so yeah Kentucky's really up against it here this line says it's going to be a kind of a coin flip game and Kentucky will be a sizable underdog in the next round without PJ Washington if they play the Tar Heels and I know that we have a best bet on this game coming up in about 12 minutes from now I'm not going to tell you whose best bet it is all right I'm just going to tell you there's a best bet on this game That coming up 12 minutes from now, your chance to make a little bit of money here on Straight Out of Vegas. All right. We tease this. we got to get to it. I'm not trying to make any reckless claims here. I'm simply going by what we heard from Auburn head coach Bruce Pearl, who is getting set as his team will take on the North Carolina Tar Heels less than an hour from now in that Midwest region. Bruce Pearl, ahead of his matchup with North Carolina, had this to say. I can't imagine a a, a more entertaining matchup from my standpoint. Is there anything apart about that that's scary, or do you just love the fact that they want to do what you want to do? No, I just I would just say take the over. That's all I would say because, I mean, Roy's not going to slow down. We're not going to slow down. You know, the, the way to beat Carolina always be don't let them kill you on the boards and make it a half-court game and don't let them get you in transition. And I think the bottom line for us is we play best going fast also. So there was Bruce Pearl on ESPN talking with Scott Van Pelt ahead of his matchup with North Carolina. So he gave out how you play North Carolina. He gave out uh, what you can expect in the game. I mean, he gave it all out. The blueprint is out on what they're going to do against the North Carolina Tar Heels. So Brad Powers, the line right now is North Carolina minus six on pregame.com. The point total, the over-under after those comments came out has shot up five points sitting at 163 and a half. A little bit of money on the under, though, since those Bruce Pearl comments here in the last 24 hours. But I like North Carolina minus the six here. I think it would be a mistake if Auburn wanted to go up and down the floor with North Carolina. North Carolina goes up and down the floor, and we're talking several years now, just about as good as anybody in the country. In fact, if you look at it, since we're talking total points here, and obviously that's the combined score of both uh, teams in the game, North Carolina in their 17 highest point total games coming into it this year, North Carolina's covered 14 of those. 14-3 and against the spread when the expectation coming into the game is, hey, it's going to be a high-scoring game. And I'll even say 
two of those not two of those three non covers. North Carolina was laying 24 or more, so maybe not uh, the, the motivation wasn't there to get a, a big number. Auburn, meanwhile, when the, the expectation is coming into the game that it's going to be a high-scoring game, how does Auburn do in those games? Their eight highest totals of the season. Auburn has a losing record straight up, three and five straight up. This is an Auburn team in their other games, what, like 25 and four in their other 29 games? I think it's a great mistake that Auburn's going to want to run up and down the floor with this North Carolina team. And Bruce Pearl's right. I think North Carolina is going to smash Auburn on the boards. Auburn got out-rebounded by double digits against North uh, New Mexico State, against Kansas. And that happens here against North Carolina. They might get out-rebounded get out by 15-20 in this one. And I think that's spelled uh, gloom and doom for the Tigers, Fez. Just to clarify the total. So this total started at 160, got bet up to 165, and then Bruce Pearl said take the over. And the sharp betters in Vegas feel this is fool's gold. They felt that that was an indication maybe Auburn is not going to run. And we've seen the total trickle back down to 163. I have nothing on this total in terms of what I bet. I do lean Auburn here because of what I feel is a hidden home court advantage. It's games in Kansas. So Kansas City. So Houston fans. They're, they're going to want to root for the underdog. They, they don't want their team, if they win, to have to play against North Carolina. They want Auburn to advance. Big Blue will represent Kentucky. They're going to root for Auburn, and I think anyone who's a Kansas fan is going to be anti-Roy here and root against North Carolina as well. All right, I like the game, Fez. I have bet North Carolina. You want some action here? Let's All right, we got $200. All right. On six, though, he's getting a good number. This number's been climbing on North Carolina. We, we'll bet it at six. Mackie, you got that? So you guys are doing two dollars at six. You guys are doing two hundred bucks on that game. Just that one. Two hundred bucks on that one. Wow, look at you throwing cash around. If I saw two hundred dollars, I would bury it and not tell anybody where it's at. You guys are (laughs) on a different economic bracket than me. All right, uh, this is straight out of Vegas here, Fox Sports Radio. Steve Fezzik, Brad Powers. I'm Jonas Knox. In for R.J. Bell. Coming up next, we do have best bets. Your chance to make a little bit of money here on a Friday night heading into the weekend. Don't go anywhere. Those are yours next here on Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stan the Queen of Tejano. And stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday... 
You can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Straight out of Vegas, Fox Sports Radio, Jonas Knox, Brad Powers, Steve Fezzik, in for RJ Bell. Uh, we Before we get to a look ahead and best bets and your chance to make a little bit of coin as we head into the weekend here on Fox Sports Radio, Brad Powers would like to apologize to the entire city of Chapel Hill, North Carolina. He has disrespected that fan base. He has disrespected their basketball team. Go ahead, Brad. I, I mean, I'm, I'm disgusted by what I heard earlier. Uh, well, I mean, keep in mind, I like North Carolina to, to, to beat Auburn. Me and Fezzik got a nice little bet on that, but a little house uh, cleaning here. Uh, Nasir Little is one of North Carolina's starting uh, five, and actually he's leading the team right now in the NCAA as far as scoring goes. He's averaging 19.5 points per game. He's been dealing with the flu all week, but late-breaking news. He's upgraded to probable. That's probably why the line going up. He was the first one on the tunnel. He's taking part of shoot arounds. So it looks like Nasir Little is going to play, but I will go the final word to Dr. Fez here. <laughs> Come Even on, if Fez. Little plays with the flu doesn't mean he's 100%. And who's to say that there aren't some other players that haven't contracted that flu from him? You know, by the way, now that we think about injuries, what if Washington for Kentucky just rips off that cast and he's like Forrest, Gump's when, Forrest Gump when the shackles come off his legs and he just starts mm-hmm. running? I mean, there's a possibility of that. So maybe you could actually get Kentucky minus two with a healthy Washington. Maybe that's a play there. I mean, Boy, I'm not saying that's a Knox theory. lock. I'm not Willis saying it's Reed a Knox style. lock, but yeah, something like that. Uh, this Kentucky right. t- team is like a box of chocolates. You just never know what you're going to get, Jonas. <sighs> Jesus. Jeez. That's how we're going to stick the landing here on this show? My God. Mm. All right. Well, uh, that uh, that edition of the Hindenburg of Jokes by Steve Fezzik will end and conclude with that. But he will get something important here on the air, and that is a best bet, Steve Fezzik. You have a best bet. We teased it a short time ago, a best bet involving Kentucky and Houston. That one tipping off later tonight. Yes, I'm going to the total. I'm going under the 135 points, and it's all about Kentucky being a changed team in January. Remember back in November, they played Duke, and that game had about 200 points scored, seemingly all of them by Duke. But come January, Kentucky changed their philosophy, and they stopped playing at such a fast pace. Since then, Kentucky is 17-4 and to the under. So 21 games, 17 under. So Kentucky has been playing slower, playing more defense. And now let's talk about Houston. Should Houston have a desire to run with Kentucky, the better athletes in this game? No, I expect Houston to try to muck up the game and slow it down as well. My best bet, going under 135, Houston, Kentucky. If Washington were healthy for Kentucky, how much would that impact the total? I think it's worth about a point. I'm happy that he's not healthy, that the uh, it'll depress scoring a little bit. So the spread would be, since it's at two right now, and you said he was worth four points earlier, so the spread would be Kentucky minus six, and but the point total will only go up one point. Why is that? Yeah, I, I think PJ's only worth a couple of points, the, the point spread. I think that the line would go up to four points. Uh, uh. Jonas. Very good shot blocker, so good on defense also. Gotcha. All right, so that is a Steve Fezzik's best bet. Time for Brad Powers' best bet, and for that, we go to the Elite Eight matchup on Saturday. So tomorrow, Saturday action, one of the Elite Eight games. I am going with my number one team in the entire country, not Duke, Gonzaga, minus the four against Texas Tech. I'm going to fully take advantage of that historical poor shooting performance that Michigan had against Texas Tech last night. One out of 19 from three-point range. I'll give some credit to Texas Tech's number one defense in the country, but on the other side coming tomorrow is the number one most efficient offense in the country, and I really think Texas Tech is going to struggle with the bigs of Gonzaga. I'm going to take the Bulldogs minus the four as they move along to the final four, and they end up cutting down the nets when it's all said and done, Jonas. The other Elite Eight matchup Saturday night in Louisville will see number one Virginia versus number three Purdue in the South Regional Final, and right now Virginia is a four-and-a-half-point favorite. 
So my power ratings say Virginia should be about a five-point favorite. I'm going to lean with Virginia here, although knowing full well I am worried about this Virginia team. Looks like they are playing tight. The pressure's getting to them. And keep in mind, this will be a failure if Virginia doesn't get to the Final Four. They are the expected favorite here, and I'm going to lean with Virginia and fading and Purdue team off that emotional win uh, the, the other night, Fest. And I'm going to lean to the under 126 because Virginia is indeed playing so tightly and slowly. If you missed any of today's show, you can check out the podcast at foxsportsradio.com. For Steve Fezzik, Brad Powers, I am Jonas Knox. This is Straight Out of Vegas. We'll be back on Monday for a look ahead at the Final Four, 6 Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific, right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. Any college baseball fans out there, if you're traveling to see your team and need a place to stay, two words for you, graduate hotels. We stayed at the Nashville location for the SEC tournament. It was awesome. Beautiful rooms, cool vibe, and perfect location. They have over 30 hotels in the best college towns, and get this, they'll give you up to 30% off your stay with code CRSHOW. That's C-R-S-H-O-W. Good at any graduate hotel, any location, up to 30% off. Book today at graduatehotels.com. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael tura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.